This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Good morning, let's get it, everybody. Yes, yes, yo, you don't stop, big dog. Come rocking a short shot. Call to the pen, HQ. Faster show on MLB, absolutely freaking anywhere. You know it. Grab the spear, grab your shield. We are part of the failings here at 300. Giving to the books nothing. Taking from them everything. This isn't madness, it's Sparta, baby. That's right, we may not be huge, but we are fierce. Die in the wool degenerates. With a soul focus. Right on that nuance, on the context, on getting smarter and making money. Let's do it, baby, baby. Rate, review, and subscribe because that stuff matters more than it should. Crypto zombie, what's going on, my man? Welcome aboard one of the, you know, newer members up in the principal's office every single day. BGC goes without saying one of our favorites in Canada. I think there's a U in there, my favorite. And Brian E., you know, we really appreciate you. I'm trying not to get so stappy as we get to the very end of the season. The show means so very much. You know, it reeks of effort. And I brought the smoke today. We come at 115 off the crack of the bat, as always. OPMG, Mikapo. Wagwan, my man. What's going on? All right. I think we got a couple bets also. It's really been these pitching props that I believe books are having trouble kind of pricing. Before we get into it, remember, we did have the show yesterday. I know nobody really cared. Nobody cared. You know, it was an NFL day and there were no baseball games. But again, I'm going back to the well with the four and five game win for Texas. You can still get some nice odds on that stuff. Once the games are played, you're kind of losing out on any good futures pricing. This one again, you know, they, they're gonna they're gonna really lean on the juice. Let's just dive into it and do the thing that we do. Me and you call to the pen crew everybody. Arizona, those snakes with shapes on their back. Here they are in the World Series. Snakes alive. Snakes alive. No snake dead. No snake dead. Snake alive. Don't tread on them, I guess, man. Unbelievable. I I owe an apology, right? I short I shortchange them. I man, I thought they were gonna fall short as far as starting pitching goes. Fought ended up stepping up to the plate. Kelly was good. Gallon wasn't. I tweeted that. If you'd have known Gallon had a five and a quarter ERA in the playoffs, how far do you think Arizona would have made it? Hmm? Probably not very far. We were worried about the bullpen. Yeah, Sewell's a goat. I mean, you couldn't even count Mantiply. He was starting games. Now, we've had the emergence of Kevin Ginkle. Right, like the mighty phoenix rising from the ashes. Guy looks like freaking Mariano Rivera out there throwing lead balls. Oh my god, he is throwing some breaking shite. Just buckling people, collapsing colons. And all of a sudden, Arizona doing enough on offense, getting it done. But will it be enough against the Rangers? I don't know. Another one, I I didn't like the matchup for the Diamondbacks against the Phillies. I like it even worse. Against the Rangers, meaning I really do like the Rangers. 
in this one. Pitching, bullpen, hitting. Again, Rangers were going to get into it. They, they just kill righties. It's, they're, so, they're so impossible to deal with when they're healthy. That was another one, too. We've covered this all year, how good the Rangers have been. Disciplinary standpoint, combining power, contact, pull rates. When they had injuries, right? Seager went down for a little bit. Man, it's kind of evading me right now. They lost pieces. Heim was down for a while. Oh, Josh Jung was down for a while also. They kind of got both those guys back. They hit the ground running. And, you know, picked up right where they left off. Go figure. Who needs Jacob DeGrom, right? Arizona plus 145 dogs on the road in Texas. Zach Gallon on the bump, like I mentioned. Up against nasty Nate Yavalde. And the Walker Texas Rangers minus 165 on the Texas side. I do like Texas. I don't want to pay the juice. I'm worried about the run line cover. Not to bury the lead, but these game prices have been tough. Maybe you could twist my arm for like a run line Arizona, but again, I just, I'm not feeling it. I like to go with, Jay and I were talking about this yesterday. We like to, you know, especially in these small sets, single game slates. Same for NFL, by the way. If you come up with a narrative that your analysis leads you to, you should bet into that. You know, we're not like, well, because that's what I'm doing. It's like, well, I don't know. Arizona's been getting it done. I'm just not feeling it. Although, diving more into Gallon, we're going to do in a second. Maybe not as bad as things look. Let's check it out. Here we go. So, hold the trigger, Jay. Maybe we'll get there. I'm not sure. And even liking Texas, we all know we can cash those first five run lines with the plus money. Anyway. Gallon, four starts in the playoffs. At Milwaukee, went six, gave up two, struck out four, walked three, five hits. At the Dodgers, went five in the third, gave up two, walked four, struck out two, five hits, and a ding-dong. At Philly, five, gave up five, looked like the wheels are coming off, struck out four, walked two, eight hits, three dongs. Yikes. And the Philly, went six, gave up four. Again, Gallon has not been good. Only struck out one, walked two, six hits, Two more, Shamalam and Ding Dongs, that's 22 and a third, 5-2-4 ERA, 1-5 whip, like I mentioned, but a 5-3 Sierra, only 13.5% K to 9.5 walk, not any good. However, when I popped the hood on the power stuff, right, so we were looking for changes in velo, changes in shape, all that stuff checked out. So the diagnostic stuff for Gallon was fine, which would kind of tell us what. We know he's excellent. And we should be, again, leaning into the larger sample, right? We know this guy's awesome. The things we worry about are injuries, which are generally manifested or materialized, right, in velocity drops. So all that stuff checked out was just fine. Batted ball stuff in the playoffs. 35% fly ball. 27% hard hit. All of a sudden, you got to be like, what? I mean, we, we saw the home runs just through the roof. However, double-digit power rate. Now, this is something we spoke about through the year, why contact quality matters when we're talking about a pitcher. But not that much. Not as much, let's say, as people wanted to. The idea being power rate, it's based off of batted ball events. So if you only have one ball event in 100 plate appearances, you know, you could be batting zero. You know, let's say you got one hit, one out of a of a hundred. You know, you're batting oh one or whatever, oh one oh. Sorry, but you have a hundred percent power rate, right? If you struck out all the other times because you only made contact once. So the bow rate sounds higher than I think it really is. He just got punished on it 
And that now they turned into this. I mean, six home runs, pretty, pretty brutal. But again, I'm, I'm a big gallon guy. I've always been, and we know the stuff is really good. All right, let's do that first. Thirty-four games started on the season for Gallon. Twenty quality starts, nine money starts. Again, if you're unfamiliar with that, I developed that. Seven innings minimum, two earned runs maximum. Forget quality starts; those are stupid. Money starts are a really good measure of a determinative start that moves the needle, right? So nine money starts in thirty-four. It's not bad, right? It's like one out of one out of four. A little bit better than one out of four. And five, ten strikeout games. So Gallon definitely moving the needle, right? If you have a 25% money start rate. I know we haven't seen it, but again, when you hear the fly ball rate, the lack of hard hit balls, despite the bout rate, I think we might want to be looking for positive regression in this one. My man was split proof. Again, another term that we use, I always joke that if you're ever watching baseball, in a bar somewhere, you probably know if one of our people, Alejante, Mijente, is in the room. Because we just speak a different language. Tyler, see what's going on. Welcome aboard. Gravy Spear, my dude. So when I say split-proof, right, we always... Uh, the best general status probably Woba. Hat-tip Tango. That's freaking brilliant, yo. He's going to forget more than I'll ever know. Anyway, when you say split-proof, right, lefty, righty, home, away, your four major splits. Max 293 Woba. Split proof, right? There's nowhere. You'll notice a lot of times, this is stuff I do for fantasy, when you get into the splits, that you'll notice maybe one sticks out. Pitcher struggles with lefties. The breaking pitch lands over the middle. Will they struggle to spot? Fastballs versus lefties fall behind, have to come in the zone with breaking stuff not as effective. Whatever the case may be. Yeah, when there's not a spot that he's uncomfortable, he's just the freaking goat, man. The four seam is pretty good, 94 miles an hour. 49% use, 449 X-Lug, 19 whiff, right? We use usage, X-Lug, whiff rate. That's deployment, contact quality, swing and miss ability. 14 inches of vertical ride, which is okay. It's good, but not great. Very little horizontal movement, only three inches. I'd categorize that as poor. But it does get a lot of extension and uses it. I don't know see. It uses it to maximize the off-speed stuff, right? We are... The fastball is going up, so you're changing eye levels down. He's also very good with the deceptive element of spin. The four-seamer mirroring the curveball. This, I'm going to have to be honest, again, this is part of it. I call it frog DNA, right, like Jurassic Park. There are things that we get that are solid, objective data points. Sometimes we have to fill in the blanks, right? We don't just guess. So if you hear anecdotal interviews, reports, whatever you want to call it, from hitters. They'll talk about that. That mirrored spin is really deceptive. Just your eye has difficulty picking it up. You can actually see this, believe it or not. If you go to a Savant page, Baseball Savant, right? Stackcast page, whatever you call it nowadays. If you go to any Pitcher page, the very main page. You don't have to do any funny clicking or anything. Just kind of scroll down. You'll see the arsenal. And they show you the pitch and how it spins. Try and focus on two. That's the thing. You may need me to show you which one's mirror. But go ahead. Go to go to Gallon. And look at the two pitches. It's really kind of wild. It really is. So he's using that for the, the curveball. 
21 use, 361 X-Log, 41 whiff. That's a money pitch. And then the change of also the tertiary pitch, that third pitch, 14 use, 376 X-Log, 31 whiff. So he gets away with a fastball that is meh at times because the off-speed stuff is so freaking good. Like, so, so good. Believe it or not, Gowan actually faced Texas twice this year, which I was like, well, I, I honestly was surprised. I was expecting none. Born again veteran, man. Welcome aboard. Appreciate you. Ever since learning about gambling and spreads, I feel like all the major sports are rigged. Ah! I, I, I'll, that's a, probably another conversation for another day. First of all, welcome aboard, my man. Second, got to be careful, right, with, that's funny, I was just talking about frog DNA and using inferences to fill in gaps, not to be too conspiratorial. Remember, I'm, I don't call people, anyone calling people conspiracy theorists most likely an idiot. Like, is a New York City police detective a conspiracy theorist? They are investigating, right? You're, they're, honestly, to me, what people do with wordplay, right? You want to be a conspiracy theorist. You want to doubt, right? But you need to stay within the lines. Now, I'm not saying all sports are clean. We have seen negative events, but I think people extrapolate that too much. I also, I also, well, again, here's the thing. When spreads are fishy, BAV, the whole thing is, it's generally, then just trying to lure you into pricing to bring action in somewhere. And then oftentimes, if you're following us, I don't know if you followed us for the year, Jay and I just make a living going up against fishy lines. Like, I generally like fishy lines. Give me the underdog on most fishy lines. You know, so again, look, dude, I, I get it. We're not calling you crazy, and I don't necessarily think you're 100% wrong. There can be fishiness. I tend to think it happens on primetime stuff. You know, just because it's more focused. Again, we, here, here's again, it's almost like tanking in sports. Professional athletes go out there to win. So how do you tank? You put out the bad players. Right? So when the Raiders start Hoyer over O'Connell, they're surrendering. The reason I say this, I have an actual example. If you check out Umpire Auditor on Twitter, at Umpire Auditors are fantastic. You know, handle for keeping umpires accountable. He listed the World Series ump out of seventy. It's out of seventy-five because he has a legit accuracy rating. They're all in the bottom third. So again, it, it, it maybe it's incompetence, maybe it's stupidity, maybe there is a bit of shadiness. I'm always open to these things that are realistic. Again, I'm from Brooklyn, man. I have a spotted past to say the least. Like I get these things, but we also want to be careful to have proof before we make claims, so we don't look. Foolish, so we'll be believed the next time. Damani asked my man. <laughs> I was on a legal cannabis farm. I wouldn't know anything about that. Last two weeks. Missed you. End the show. We welcome back aboard, man. Grab your spear. Hopefully you're hopefully you're in decent enough shape. We'll put you in the back of the phalanx, man. Because <laughs> we work together. That's what we do, right? We look out for one another. We try and elevate one another towards a common goal of learning, sustainable theory, good analysis proper risk management and then hopefully you know make some money on the back end hopefully all those things will lead to it sorry let's get back into the games i get derailed easy but it's only a single game right let's have some fun gallon did face texas two times this year which i found odd she was at texas early may may 2nd went five gave up three struck out six walked none decent game outside the runs allowed not too much to worry about 750 ops at 325 expected woba he carried a 124 stuff plus on the Saris mob. So pretty pretty strong 
Outing again, no walks. You think give him three runs, right? You got to be careful. Wonky, BBE, bad ball stuff. Then home versus Texas. Late August, further on in the season. When six gave up one, struck out 11, walked one. Whoa, Hachi, Machi, Liberace. 242 expected wall, but same 124 stuff plus. However, what I noticed, because you hear that and you think like he did really well. Here's the flip side to it, Jay, and that's funny. This is actually why you know, I put so much data together, and I, that's how you change my mind, but I'm always kind of trying to flow. BAV's got Arizona in game one. It should be close. And if you're buying what I'm selling about the gallon regression, I think it will be close. They're going to have to really do a late. This one's going to be this is gonna be tough. I, every time I think about it, I just have Texas outlasting them on offense. But again, there's every reason to think with gallon on the bump, Arizona could pull it off. I just think they fall short. What I wanted to mention about those two games, Gallon had 53% hard hit rate. And that's not just Savant. Remember, baseball Savant and StatCast uses objective 95-mile-an-hour metrics regardless of the launch angle. Ground ball 95 hard hit. Fly ball 95 hard hit. BIS, that's fan graphs, right? Baseball information solutions. There's a subjective element that they have an algorithm with some proprietary stuff that calculates hang time, and that I believe is also a human grader. You'll notice that Fangraph's hard hit rates are always lower for that reason. Just because the ball is marked hard hit, they don't always count on hard hit. If it's, you know, on the ground the right at somebody, if it's not a threat, it won't get marked hard hit. My point being that just ridiculous. I understand it's a two-game set. We don't want to overreact to these things. But that's unbelievable. I almost wish I had time to go back and watch this stuff. To rock a 53% hard hit rate on BIS through two starts where they got basically wholly dominated. Really, a gallon had to be really lucky, or both. You know, he was carving them up. When he would miss, they would rock it, and somebody would make either a good defensive play, right? Because that stuff happens, and those are hard hit balls. So I, I wanted to highlight that. And that's my worry about Gallon. Again, he's gotten touched in the playoffs. He has not been sharp, even if we like the underpinning stuff. And Texas has kind of brutalized this guy. So I don't have much. Jay, get those bets ready. And then once you get it up, we'll tell everybody a bit more about our sponsor here. But let's get to the pitching props that I mentioned. Okay, so I believe this has been the edge in the playoffs. We've done pretty good well on these. Idea being... Books are limiting totals, you know, on these props, assuming most pitchers are going to get yanked early. So let's get through it. Gallon, the strikeout prop is four and a half. He's gone over that. 25 of 34. And he's yet to go over that in the playoffs, 0 for 4. So I don't think we I don't think we want that one. Even though he shoved in, in the regular season, I don't think we want that one. Over 15 and a half outs. Gallon's gone over this 28 of 34 times, 3 of 4 in the playoffs, both times in the regular season. And Gallon I, I, feels like a 5 and a third guy. It's funny, that extra one, that's what they're challenging you as if he'll come out. My counter to that is, here we are saying Gallon's not been great, 5 and a quarter ERA, blah, 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 blah. He's still gone at least five in all four and went at least five in a third and three or four. So, Jay, could you bring up the, the pricing on the 15 and a half outs? I really like the pricing here because I'm actually seeing some plus money on it. You know we love that. So we'll, we'll take plus money, gallon, 
over 15 and a half outs. Again, he could give up his one, he could give up his two and still hang in there. This leads into our analysis where we still like him in the underpinning stuff. He's still gotten the job done. So that's bet number one final. At least we got something on the board here. Jay, check this one out, man. One and a half walks. He's gone over only 14 of 34. But he went over all four playoff games. And that kind of worries me. Generally, we'd be looking for under walks with Gallon. You know, his um his control is always so good. Five and a half walk rate through the season, 35% ball rate, you know, across the entire year. Excellent stuff. But I think I want to back off the walks because I'm a little bit worried, right? I want to go, we're leaning under because we're over the outs. But I think what we've seen in the playoffs is pitchers get to three balls. And if it's two outs, they kind of eat the walk and then look to get the next guy. Next up, four and a half hits. He went over 25 of 34 and over all four. And now, this one I'm a little bit stuck on, okay? And I think the books are as well. Where I'm getting at, see there, there, counter goes with the juice. This kind of answers what BAV was mentioning before. That, that He's given up the hits. Where I was going at is, I think the general public views hits as a bad thing. Obviously, it's like a pitcher giving up hits is a, is a, is a bad thing. However, there are different ways to get to that total, meaning there are stories where, you know, you go over the five hits because you think he's going to get beat up. But I also think there's a case that you think he gives up five hits just through distance. Right, and that, again, that's what we've gotten in the playoffs, a mix of both. He's given up five hits in all four games, even the ones he was good at. So I think maybe we like the, the hits also. Jay, I'm sorry, shoe stopper at 150. Uh, I don't know. I'm always on the fence with these. The earn runs is at two and a half. He's gone over 15 of 34, two of four in the playoffs, and I think I would pass on that one. Oh, I'm stuck on the I'm stuck on the hits. Let's do the Texas offense before we do the ad read. And I'll make my decision before then. Texas offense, we mentioned it versus righties. This is the reason I've been worried about them the entire time. Again, I don't think they're going to run Gallon out of the building, but I think they get enough done. 4,500 plate appearances against right-handed pitching this year. Texas Rangers are top three or better in batting average, OBP, OPS, slugging, isolated slugging, home run rate, WOBA, and WRC+. They're the single best right-hand fastball hitting team in the league. We know Gallon is going to come with a 50% fastball rate. And we know that off-speed stuff's really good. But if he can't land it for strikes or falls behind, has to challenge with the four-seamer, this is where my analysis takes me towards Texas. It's insane, you know? Insane. These are the barrel rates and home run totals just versus four-seam from righties, okay? Garver. 28 barrel with 7 dongs. Seeger, 24% barrel with 10 dongs. Jung, 22% barrel with 8 dongs. Adolis, 18% barrel with 12 dongs. Simeon, 12% barrel with 9 dongs. Leodi, 10% barrel with 7 dongs. Heim, 10% barrel with 6 dongs. 7 of the 9 hitters. 7 of the 9 hitters. Rock a double digit barrel rate against that pitch. 
with plus expected Wobas and at least half a dozen home runs. That's the pathway to this one getting away from Gallon. I don't I don't want to say I don't care how good the bullpen's been for Arizona. I know these guys have been good. The one guy maybe I'll give you is Ginkle. I know throughout his career, minor leagues have tracked him for my deeper draft stuff that he's got some goodness. The rest of the bullpen, I just don't know if I'm buying it. And I think if let's say we don't get the over on our outs, the Diamondbacks are screwed, I think. Again, the bullpen's been really good. They could stick the thumb in my eye for sure. But I'm looking at this stuff, and I'm just not buying it. I mean, you know, Luis Frias, who I don't never really heard of, was great throwing us three innings, and Jaconi was great. And, like, I again, I just don't know if I'm buying it. Not to mention you got nine scoreless innings from Ginkle, eight scoreless innings from Seawold. Even the best pitchers going to regress. I'm a little, I'm a little bit worried. Okay, so I. Oh, where is that? Paying the juice for the hits. I don't want to pay the juice for the hits. Okay, although I don't know if we can do this. We can't do this on Bet Stamp, which we'll talk about in just a second. That would be something that I do like, right? Again, being consistent. I don't try and predict the future. There are handicappers that go do that. Don't make a fifty thousand unit whale plays. You know, by all means, go over there and follow those fools. You know what I'm saying? This is more about sustainable practice and trying to put ourselves in a strong probabilistic scenario to succeed. To me, that's the key. I would be looking to pair stuff, right? Go to the SGP. Even if you got to eat a little bit of that juice, put them together. What do you got? Bibbidi bobbidi boop. Is, is the key. So that's what I would do. Meaning, I would pair the overhits that I don't want to pay the juice on with the Texas Ranger win that I don't want to pay the juice on, those two things are correlated, might get you near even money. And that that I feel much more, you know, safe in. Rather than laying out minus 150, laying out minus 150, you got to hit all of them to win. I love that people, you know, that's the, uh, sorry, yeah, whatever, punching up is fine. That's like the MLB network thing. You know, uh, whatever, what's her face? Fugazi, handicappers. Minus 240 bets they lay. Then when you find them, they're minus 295. And then you find out, five and one in the last six. Seriously? Seriously? Four and two. You know, that's a loser. <laughs> that's the best when you get those. Of 21 and 13. You know, you're like, wait, you do the math. You go, wait, then you're, you're down. <laughs> you put fire emojis and stuff, whatever. It's so ridiculous. Anyway, part of why I think people come here gravitate towards us mlb dream you know it kid you know it my boy's out there laughing in the, in, in the balcony yo my man make sure you're following my dude by the way at mlb dream part of ftn fan my man is just straight up goat one of the realest you know fully transparent you get the analysis you get free plays you know the trifecta if it's free it's for me one just a just a straight up goat i'll tell you what dream if you want to do one of the games next week, if you'd like to come on next week, get a, either hit up the show handle, hit me up on Twitter. We have Monday booked. I got Poli Spore coming on. But if you'd like one of the other three, there's four games next week. But potentially, please, by all means, we'd lo- I'd love to have you back, my man. But make sure everybody, you fo- you're following all, just all the crew here, right? It's Frankie. It's even, it's Maddie and it's Thunder Dan. We want to, we want to elevate player uh, props Avant, right? NBA Prop 20. We want to be the tide that rises the ships. Okay, we're, the people that, that have to step on people's heads to get ahead are never going to end up in a front of the line. It's just not how life works. Okay? Rise the tide. Everyone goes up. We want to build a network. You want to build a community. Trust me. You don't think I know I'm smart? I know I'm freaking smart. I don't need to be told it. But I also know 
that I need to be surrounded by really smart people that care to pull that stuff back, to be open-minded, bounce ideas off one another. All right, that's enough out of me. I'm going to catch my breath. We saw how useful Betstamp is, getting different prices in different books. Again, me and Dream could have the same tickets. If he's getting a better price every day than I am, he's going to be up and I'm going to be down. Jay, explain the rest of it to me, will you? For sure, John. I got you here. Uh, you guys know the drill. If you're if you're new here, uh, I'll explain to you what exactly bet stamp is. We feel the best way to improve as a sports better is one to always have multiple sports books and two to always get the best odds. Uh, we recommend getting the best odds by using an odds comparison tool like bet stamp. As you saw on the screen, bet stamp compares odds across every sports book for games, player props and futures. Save time, save money. Download the app today if you're looking to sign up for more sports books make sure you head over to betstamp.app forward slash call to the pen if you sign up to that page it helps support the show now back to john awesome job jay as always man how great is the listenership on this show hanging out for so long to get like one one player prop but that's why i try and do the best i can to lay out all the information because i know we do you know we kid that this is the restaurant where the chefs eat use your sore you know mlb dream is a legit chef this is an established chef respected member of the community. The fact that they come here to just check the temperature, see what's going on, grab a laugh, say what's up, is what this is all about. I mean, that is that is the greatest compliment. That is the greatest compliment to me and why I am up at the crack of dawn to bring you this freaking thing every damn day. <laughs> all right, let's do the other side quick as we can. And I'll, I'll tell you why I saved less time for the other side. Evolve a, this is remarkable. Nasty neat in the naughty jungle of love. Just, just doing the skeet skeet everywhere right now. It's just, just insane. Four starts. Went six and two thirds, gave up one, struck out eight, walked none, six hits, no dongs. Baltimore went seven, gave up one, struck out seven, walked one, five hits, no dongs. At Houston, went six, gave up three, struck out nine, walked one. Another five hits, two two dogs. I was like, oh my god, you got you got wrecked, right? Then at Houston again, six and a third, two, gave up two runs, struck out four, walked three. The reason I mentioned is I think some of the strikeout stuff might be, be a little bit inflated for Eovalde. But when I talk about remarkable, I mean it, right? That's 26 playoff innings. He's 4-0 to a 2-4-2 ERA and a .96 whip, sub-3 Sierra, 27% K to only 4% walk. I mean, 23 came on his BB in the playoffs through 26 innings is remarkable. 44% ground ball, 35 hard hit, sub-5 barrel, and a .7 home run per nine. Just awesome, awesome, awesome stuff. Now, he didn't face Arizona, and this is the thing that I wanted to get to. This is where I got in trouble going against Evalde in the very first series. I mean, I was using... Trying to handicap playoff baseball can be a fool's errand. That's why we just do the best, the very best that we can to lay out the analysis and then double-check it, kind of cross-check with the pricing is what I should say. Because it could be so very tough this is where, like, the subjective stuff comes in. The dog, I don't know. Did he find the dog in him? What am I talking about? All right, check it out. So, Eovaldi was hurt. He came back early September. Had to be, like, six or seven starts to a nine-and-a-half ERA. His fastball was down, like, two-and-a-half miles an hour. Down, like, 94. 
Ivaldi's always been one of those guys. There are a few of them throughout the league. And it is, I find a number 95. I know Eno has uh, wrote about this stuff. The number 95 is also very critical. When you have a drop below that number, that's kind of, that's one of those kind of pivot points, right? One of those fulcrums in data where you get away with more above 95, you get away with a lot less under 95. So aside from that, it's just a raw loss, which, you know, had me worried. So I saw a degrading fastball, what I thought might have been an injured pitcher who lost something. Nasty Nate just, again, just thumb in my eye, Ric Flair style. So it's actually a 9-3 ERA in September, just as bad. Fastball is down to 93, excuse me. And this is as late as September 24th was the slowest fastball he threw all year. Stug, what's going on, dude? You go to dig into the granular stuff from the last game against Houston. It was just, again, right the same way you checked Gallon and the underpinnings. I wanted to see if the velo, if the shape, if the spin was good. If all they touched 98 in that game. Wait, what? Yes. And, you know, you got to pick up on this stuff. This is why we saw that early. The velo was just, there it was. I don't know, dog in him. I don't know. X going to give it to you. I don't know. Different pitcher. Did a little bit of more digging. Find out. Uh, Rob Freeman, straight up goat, obviously, a pitcher ninja. I had something about... Um, he, he made a slight adjustment. I think he shifted on the mound a little bit. Like, I was, I think I retweeted it about him, like, kind of straightening up a little bit and, like, loading loading the hip a bit more. Which, again, might be the explanation for the velo. Because we're looking for not... I mean, obviously, listen, good velo is almost enough to, to chase. But we, when we can validate it, then we can kind of believe in it. And the hit's been wheels up for this guy. In that game against Houston, yeah, they kind of got to him, I guess. But that's why you got to be careful. Only two batted balls over 100 miles an hour. One of them was right into the ground. The other one was a Jordan single, Jordan Alvarez. I mean, listen, giving up a 100-mile-an-hour batted ball event, a single to Jordan Alvarez is almost a success, right? That it wasn't 118 and put a dent on freaking Jupiter or whatever. So, like, this this version of Eovaldi's been great. And now, now that we kind of laid out the fastball, how it's worked off the rest of the arsenal. I mean, just really the sickest. Because that was always it. Ivaldi's splitter has been good. The curveball been good. But it's the way that they react, interact, I guess I should say, the way it's used within the arsenal to create deceptive elements, change eye levels, speeds, is working right now. So he's tunneling the forcing with the splitty, meaning, right, they come out, travel together, then break, but also mirroring the curve, right? So there's multiple deceptive elements going on, which is generally what you'll see when you identify this kind of success at such a high level against such good hitters, which I'm not sure we're going to get to Arizona. I'm not sure if that's the case. So totaling the splitty, that splitty, 28 use, a 305 X slug, 36 whiff, finishing with the curve, 14 use, 230 X slug, 41 whiff. I'm going to come up with a triple slash you know, parameters to make, like, a money pitch, right? I know 
somebody had this before. Nick Pollock, probably. I got to talk about Nick Pollock. I don't want to copy his stuff. Him through picture list, awesome stuff, obviously. But these pictures that really kind of separate that have the combination, right? We need a minimum usage point, a maximum expected slug, and then a minimum whiff rate. And I'd say anything over, you know, double digit use. Even 325 expected slug or below, 28 whiff and above, those pitchers are excellent. This would be like a plus plus. So evolving not net, right? You see where I'm going there, where he always had the good off speed, had to rely on the splitter being good. But now the fastball is back to being aces, you know, best it's been in oh, freaking forever. And the confidence plus the dog in him. I just think Evaldi shoves today. Let's look at the player props. Five and a half strikeouts. He's done that 10 of 25, three of four in the playoffs. Again, I think that's the one I'm not, that's I'm not really buying, but he will accept pitcher to contact. We want the outs again. Okay, bring up the out prop for Eovaldi. This one's either broken, juice to the balls, or it's moved. Because it was at 15 and a half when I looked earlier. All right, it's juiced. I don't know if I call it to the balls. We can get a one, minus 138, minus 140. You got to get that. Nate Eovaldi, 15 and a half outs. 16 of 25 in the season. I know not crazy, but it has gone over all four of four. And I think this is something we cover in during the regular season. It's not to react to small samples. That's not what we're doing, even though it's kind of what we're doing. MLB Dream, salute you. You and I, Saponico, go surprise. Also, you beating me to a better price. Surprise, surprise. Sharpest tools hang out with us, man. What we talk about in the season, it's not, like I said, a joke about us reacting to small samples, but that's when I mentioned the the movement on the rubber, the adjustment in the delivery that resulted in a better velocity that then yielded good results, right? So this is not, we're not just throwing stuff to the wall and chasing here. I really want people, and I think the, those of you, part of 300 here, right, part of Sparta, I love that. We give them books nothing. We take from them everything those mother <laughs> when you see that then i think you buy into that right i think we mentioned that with brandon fought if you're chasing this you know the nine era from may or whatever you're you're going to be misled should be the same idea here i think this newly adjusted evolve is what we want again i'm not going to buy the strikeouts but i am buying the out so jay we got to get 15 and a half out so at least we got a couple plays for everybody then he's at one and a half walks over 16 of 25, only over 1 of 4. This one I'm going to back off. Not because I don't think the control is good, but I think the distance will be there. And that is like the hit prop I mentioned before. Right? You could say, you're gonna he's going to go over two walks because he sucks. But you could say he's going to go over two walks and going to go seven innings. So he'll go seven innings only walk two batters. Still a gem. So I'm going to pump the brakes on the, on the walks. Again, I'm going to run into the trouble with the outs. Bring up the out price me. I think I'm going to not pull it, the trigger this time. Oh, they're trying to tempt us. The pri oh, the price is right in line. Like, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry, Jay. My bad. I meant hits. I'm sorry. That's my mistake, dude. You're you look like you're the fact you keep up with this in real time. You automate. Man, they're now they're trying to lure us because it's about standard pricing. Meaning minus one ten, minus one fifteen for four and a half hits. He's got over four, 15 of twenty five and all four games again through that volume. But the reason I'm not going to do it the way I let the other side convince me. Watch when we do the Arizona hitting. You're going to see why I'm really... I'm having a hard time believing in this offense, in particular against righties. Let's wrap it up really quick, and we'll get everybody out of here, and hopefully you enjoy the game.
get a couple of these out props, right? I guess that's what we're looking for. Both pitchers to get, you know, start the sixth inning. So check it out. Arizona versus righties year to date. Bottom five in home runs, middle of the pack across the board, meaning not in the top 10, not in the bottom 10 of anything that matters. When you zoom into the second half, about 2,500 plate appearances. Bottom 10 in OPS, WOBA, WRC+. Bottom 5 in slugging, ISO, and expected WOBA. Dead last in Bauer rate. Not exactly what we're looking for going up against, you know, the most dominant pitcher in the playoffs right now. Don't know if I want to go there. Check it out. Arizona versus right-handed hitters. They really have not been that good. They have done an exorbitant amount of damage against lefties, and I'd probably be worried about backing Jordan Montgomery, but just check this split out really quick. This is all in the playoffs. It's just so hard to buy in this stuff. It's like not available anywhere. So Gabriel Moreno, I guess, has been the dude. Martin, Carroll have gotten hits, but no homers. And Carroll, no extra base hits either. Okay, so I guess I should take that back. Martin's been good. Six hits. But no real power. Moreno has the one dong, one double. That's about it. Other than that, Tommy Pham has a, has one homer against righties. No one else, you know, has a plus 700 OPS. So even Carroll, with the little bit that he's done, has a 683 OPS. Walker, 619. Guriel, 500. Alec Thomas, 167. Check out the left-handed side. I don't want to go too nuts into it, but just to give you an idea where, where the hitting has come from. Arizona has been like fully lopsided to the left-handed side. This is insane. Marte, Perdomo, Thomas, Carroll, Guriel, and Moreno all have multiple home runs in the playoffs off left-handers. Not just like hits, multiple home runs. Okay, multiple home runs. Every one of those hitters has at least three ribbies. They've had five hitters with five ribbies off lefties. I mean, it's really kind of ridiculous. Carol Thomas, Perdomo, and Marte all have a 960 OPS or better. Thomas, Perdomo, and Marte have a 600 slug or better. Truly lopsided on the offense. Truly, truly, truly lopsided. I am dead worried about Arizona getting to you about I just, I, I, so you see, like I opened up. Where I was leaning into the Arizona first five plus a run, I just can't get there. I think Texas does enough to get the gallon, even if he's very good. Let's say he gets up one, I just think that's enough. So I'm going to stick with my out props today. If you can SGP, you know, the, the hip prop we mentioned on the gallon side with the Texas money line. And you can get that near plus money. I think you could do that. I always try and limit the amount of like 160s and 170s you have on a ticket. But the ones you really love, you do got to go for it. Something I'm trying to learn my own professional experience. I used to be so obsessed with pricing that I quite literally had in my rule. I have a written rule book, which you should. But I had to, one of the few rules, if only, ones I've gotten rid of over time was that I would never go above minus 135. And that's not necessarily a, a plus EV move, you know. If your implied probabilities, your work, and your expectations, right, your hit expectation covers the math, you probably should do it. As long as you're responsible, of course, all that stuff. So that'll do it, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. I don't think there's anything quite like this anywhere, you know, including shows with two dozen people with lots of cameras and uh, multi-million dollars behind it. Meanwhile, you got one really cool Canadian, one fat American, you know, hammered away the two-man band just... 
working our absolute balls off to bring in his bad boy. We got like four shows left. Everybody, please rate, review, and subscribe. That stuff matters more than it should. Get up on Twitter. Tag Rob Pizzola. Tell him what kind of a job we're doing because we're getting women fitting around here, if you know what I'm saying. So enjoy the game. Enjoy your day. When we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Thank you for picking up the shite that we've been putting down. And remember, when you work this hard, there's a lot less like luck. See you Monday with Paulie Spora. Dream. I see you then. Peace.